0: Hello, and welcome to the Foot Weekly Podcast. Regular host Ben is unfortunately out this week with the coronavirus, so we wish him well, hoping for a speedy recovery. It sounds like the Thanksgiving holiday maybe got the best of him or his love for Tecatito, one of the two. I will be substituting in as your host, Japes, this week, giving myself my own little promo card. And I'm joined by two wonderful guests, First regular on the pod and recent 20 and O uh club member, Hubert. Who? How's it going?
1: Doing well. Uh, still recovering from the the holiday, but you know, it's uh it's good to be talking,
0: FIFA. Awesome. Uh, and our second guest, pro gameplay extraordinaire. Uh, truly excited to chat with you. Ivan, Dr. Nightwatch, how are you doing?
4: How are you doing, James? Thanks for thanks for having me. Doing good. Doing good. Playing some FIFA, getting kind of used to the game. So same old, same old. Excellent. Usually like to start
0: off. We've all, you know, generally played some weekend league, though I haven't done so this week. Uh, any, you know, spicy player reviews, sneaky stars that you've got in your lineup that you'd like to talk about? Uh, Ivan, we'll start with you.
4: I mean, being a pro, <laughs> as we all know, it's kind of a pay-to-win story here. But mm. if we're talking some, I would say affordable player reviews is probably the le- the best left back I've used on. On FIFA this year, and it's the new Cap de Villa, mm Who honestly doesn't have that much um like alternatives at left back if you want to go high competitive level. Obviously, the icons are a no-go because of the icon restrictions. So you have Theo Hernandez, you have Mendy, and really maybe Alfonso Davies, although no one really plays him. So having Captavia and Cancelo, but I personally think he's too slow. Um, so I think Cap Villa is the best left back in the game. He's very solid defensively. Uh, occasionally there's a job for me at center back when I see people just, uh, send through balls to Mbappe. So he can also do a job there if needs be, but I would say Cap Devia as an, as an affordable choice for my team.
0: Yeah. I love that shout. I haven't, I can't say that I've actually even played against him or used him that much, but his world, Cup, some world cup icons got, a little bit of a boost over their regular hero cards, he got a meaty, meaty boost. I think he was plus six in all of his pace stats, plus three in all of his dribbling stats, two in the rest of them, a substantial upgrade over his base. And I mean, his his price reflects it. I think he's sitting around in the mid threes maybe right now. And his yeah. base hero is uh, 50K or so. Exactly, so, yeah. Yeah, I think it's a great shout. And I'm sure, you know, nobody is trying too many through balls over the top of Mbappe, though no, I kid about that. What are the before we who jump into your player reviews, Ivan, what are, you know, kind of the classic meta players that you see in everyone's team at the pro level?
4: Because of the restrictions we have and that is having one icon and three players over 90 rated, you see a lot of heroes because the heroes are probably the best rating quality uh pair you can have in your team like the ginola who is an 89 rated and is arguably one of the best attackers in the game you have the r9 or hullet depending on the pro um obviously mbappe lucio yaya Toure, both obviously under under 90 rated if we're talking base lucio some pros use marquezio walker is a necessity at right back I think a lot of people still use Van Dijk, even after the uh, mm. the change uh, a couple of weeks ago. And that's pretty much your starting 11. And left back at this point also kept the Villa. And then to partner Yaya, you see sometimes Perisic, you see sometimes Marquezio, Renato Sanchez. A bit more diversity, but still kind of the same pool of five, six players.
0: Yeah, it sounds... And we'll get into this more a little bit later, later but it sounds like not too much... Uh, I guess, formation variation at this stage in the game, maybe two or three that people are shuffling around with, but curious to learn more there. Uh, who, any players that you use this past weekend? I know your pack luck has been absolutely filthy of late. How is your weekend league? Any players you want to give a quick shout out to?
1: Yes, the pack luck has been pretty ridiculous since the last time I was on the Give pod. us a rundown, um,
0: <laughs> Give us a rundown.
1: All right. So from my uh, World Cup uh Hero pre-order. I got Harry Kuhl. He's been pretty good playing as a uh, the cam in your uh, narrow formation. Actually, um, doing a mm. good job. Also packed untradable um, World Cup hero Dirk Kite. Also been good. He's the right center mid in the in the narrow um, packed Zagori, Bernardo Silva uh, untradable as well. Um, playing left center mid. Uh, I did the icon upgrade and got base Jairzinho, um, who has been. The Right Striker. Wow. So also untradable. A host of other Path to Glories, Nabri, Araujo, a few others. I also packed tradable, um, World Cup Hero all Owai and uh World Cup icon Bucha So it's a uh, it's been pretty ridiculous.
0: That is like the sauciest pack uh like week or two that I've maybe ever heard of in foot history. And you're not this isn't going out and dropping FIFA points here, right?
1: No, it was uh, pre-order pack rewards, the SBCs, like just ridiculous run of,
0: of packs. <laughs> All right, who I know this is supposed to be the gameplay podcast, but if you want pack luck like you, what should you do? Uh, complain about not having pack luck. Um,
1: <laughs> join the discord so you can complain to other people about your pack luck.
0: <laughs> no. No sacrifices, no prayers to the FIFA gods, none of that? No, not
1: really. I mean, I I mean, I guess, you know, if if you want to be technical about it, you know, finishing high in weekend league and getting good rewards, you're bound to pay off eventually. And probably not to this extent, but you know, when when your luck's in, it's in. So
0: <laughs> Okay. I'm gonna put on my like tinfoil conspiracy theory hat here quickly. Do you remember the time of day that you've opened these packs relative to when the promo comes out? Because I I feel like when I open packs immediately after the promo has just come out, my pack luck is worse.
1: Um, I, I want to say the heroes were definitely on release day of the heroes, but like it was like the pre-order pack and then like some rewards. But I feel like, you know, with these promos that like, they need like a a cycle's worth of supply of these heroes and icons within one week. So the the drop rate's going to be pretty high relative to like, like it, it'd be easier to pack World Cup Icon R9 this week than to pack mid R9 next week, even though the World Cup R9 is better because they need to get enough supply to last. So I guess just save your packs and uh, <laughs> open them when you can, but and then spam upgrades. So
0: there you go. Major major uh, non gameplay advice, though this is the gameplay podcast. We have had a new pat new ish patch. It's been out for a little while now that we've had you know time to get used to it, who I you know twenty know I know you've had plenty of time to get used to it now. Ivan, what are your thoughts though, on the most recent patch with some of the you know major changes and I suppose like the shadow patch to architects? Well, really the explosive and controlled running styles
4: well. I think it's obvious like the game and the meta has changed drastically in a sort of pace is very important as it's kind of pretty much always been almost mm-hmm. in the history of foot. Ever since I've played, I started playing foot in 15 or 16, so pretty late compared to most people, especially considering I'm a pro. But yeah, it's back to the kind of Mbappe and Aloe Ran being two of the best players in the game with the latter being the more surprising one, uh, which has its positives, has its negatives. I don't know if the explosive lengthy debate kind of where I stand, because I even when the lengthy players were really effective, I didn't really used to use that many lengthy players, especially in attack. So hard for me to say. But it's weird, because the positive quote-unquote side to it for me is with there being a lot more goals in the game, it allows you to kind of negate the BS goals that unavoidably happen often in FIFA, be it rebounds, deflections, or whatnot. Having this many goals in one game of FIFA allows you to maybe compensate for it if you're very good at attack and know the game, if you know what I mean. I'm not saying it's it's everyone's cup of tea, but in a way I personally would rather that than a Kind of a realistic one-one, two-nil, two-one type of games where they're decided by the tight margins of kind of rebounds and and those kind of random goals compared to compared to what it is now.
0: Yeah, so a little bit more arcadey, but feels like you're in, I guess, a little bit more control of it. I think the the question that I have is: since the patch, what type of goal is the most common? in the pro scene in an elite division at least for me people would consistently work for Travellas. even you know at the top of the box take you take enough of them one of them is going to go in that hasn't been the case as much recently since they've you know reduced the frequency it's definitely not gone but reduced it in the pro scene you know for you what goal are you looking for specifically and what goal do you think your opponents are consistently trying to find
4: there is undoubtedly one type of mechanic that is, I would say if you take 100% of the goals, maybe a solid 50%, 60% are off this mechanic and that is the L1, R1 lob through ball. Be it just triggering a run or out of this 60%, half of them are of first time L1, R1 lob through balls. Uh, because of a few reasons. One, the attacker is accelerated because he's sent on a run manually compared to a static defender. So he's in on net. Secondly, lengthy is kind of nerfed, so the good high-end defenders like Van Dyke and Lucio can't I mean it's not nerfed, but dribbling is better, therefore they, they can't catch up as easy. Uh, thirdly, your players kind of slow down or don't react properly, even if you're manually controlling them. And fourthly, the ball, the three balls are very effective. So the combination of all these points makes that pass super effective. And in pro gameplay, the, the main thing you will see is every attack, just, we are sending our strikers on runs so that on one side, you have the opportunity to send your player. And in case it's marked, which is, it looks funny because the, we have to take our center back and just pull him five yards behind the offside line or secondly if they mark it you just have free space and just go up the pitch for like at no cost so that is the main gameplay meta mechanic that I personally hope will get patched in the next patch
0: can you explain to listeners though how like if you want to use that mechanic how it works
4: yeah so I'm pretty sure there's a few tutorials on YouTube from, from various pros that do content but It's basically, imagine you have three players, the ball holder, let's say your left attacker and your right attacker. So you have the ball with the ball holder, you send one of your strikers on the run, let's say your right striker, just press L1, trigger him to run forward, driven pass to your other striker's feet, and obviously you need good timing, and first time lob through ball regarding of the angle you're facing you can be back to the player you can be shoulder to the player you can be facing the player just send a two three four bar of power pass forwards behind the defensive line and you are very likely in on net with what i've seen recently some improvements on this uh, meta technique but i'll keep that for now because i don't know if it's actually effective enough to to share
0: all right plenty of info there i can't say that I was, you know, I don't watch too much content. I prefer to approach foot from, I guess, my own, uh, we'll call it my own gaming chair, I guess, and just experience the game and decide what I like and don't like. But that might be a mechanic that I need to toy around with, if not for any other reason than to understand how to defend it. And I think it's something that I would encourage all listeners to do. When you're exploring, you know, you, you find out about meta tactics. In some ways, you need to try them and use them to really, really be able to understand how to defend them. So something that I'd encourage you to do, who, what are your thoughts on, you know, I guess we'll call it still the most recent patch.
1: Yeah. From my perspective, I think, you know, I've definitely gotten used to it more. Obviously the pressing nerf has been a little frustrating, although I think I've got better results than I expected, um, with your tactic, japes with, um, press on heavy touch and a bit lower depth, and I'm still able to press manually a bit better than expected um previously i was running like 75 def uh press on possession loss so to me it it definitely took a bit of adjusting in order to save stamina not have players get so drained but i feel like i can you know still press manually pretty well i feel like the press on heavy touch does press a bit more often than maybe it used to um some certainly some situations where i feel like it's not really a heavy touch but they press anyway which is fine with me but Um, yeah, I've gotten used to it a bit more. Um, I'm still a little frustrated by the speed of lengthy center backs. Just feels like even with 99 pace, they can't catch anyone at full speed, especially like the Mbappe all, all the way around, you know, players like that, that once they beat you, they're gone, even though they're dribbling, which in theory should make a 99 sprint speed player dribbling slower than a 99 sprint speed player running, but it doesn't seem to be the case. Mm. But you know, it just you just have to be a little more cautious when you're you know pressing up and especially with the back line.
0: Yeah. So to recap here though, a lot of changes, but you've been using the that 41212 narrow that I've released, the V one or V two of that?
1: Um it's been the first version. I did see the second version, haven't tried it out yet though.
0: Wonderful. Yeah, the first one I think still kind of super classic, obviously packs in pretty defensive uh which is a good thing when it comes to the to the meta ivan can you give us a rundown of your you know formation preferences and tactics at this point
4: yeah so and i say that w- with a uh, heavy heart unfortunately from my point of view um the meta this year and even more so than last year because it was already i think last year but at pro level, it is undoubtedly the 4-3-2-1 mm-hmm. that defends in a 4-4-2. That was the thing last year already, and this sort of thing has been a mechanic for a few years. But last year, it was very effective alongside the five at the back. And that meta kind of transitioned into this year. But even the five at the back players, they they realized that the 4-3-2-1 is way too effective to not use, especially... Because it defends in a 4-4-2. That is a personal pet peeve of mine. And the risk reward in, in playing that formation, you are obviously very offensive, but you defend in a solid classical 4-4-2 formation that you have the two strikers that allows you, allow you to kind of cover the, cover the center backs, center mids. Um, so yeah, definitely that's probably the meta at this point at at pro level. And I don't see a change in in a foreseeable future
0: yeah the the narrow formation that i sort of built basically does the same thing where you're defending in a in in all the narrow formations where you have the three cms and you bring back an attacker it defends in a very very narrow four-man midfield which is just a pain to try to break down though and it, it just congests the middle so much that you're playing with a huge advantage i felt a little guilty uh, sort of developing that tactic because when I watch my favorite squads play on a you know Saturday or Sunday or watch my you know watch the World Cup and watch my favorite national teams play, the Simeone style is just like <laughs> I'm just like not that into it. Uh, but this year it feels like you either have to use it or. Your midfield's just going to get bypassed so so easily that you're putting yourself at such a disadvantage. So, you know, when it, when it comes to playing against that style where you have a really tight four man midfield, Ivan, any any tips to break that down?
4: Well, again, it's a case of at pro level, especially is mirror matching the four three two one with the four three two one, and in my personal opinion, it it is it is a 90 minute mismatch because the 4-3-2-1 Lee is very, very superior to the 4-4-2 defensively. And once you lose the ball, it becomes the opposite. You defend on a 4-4-2 and the opponent attacks in a 4-3-2-1. And the reason behind it is, for me, it, it's, it kind of makes sense even like of from a football perspective and especially since the game is a code. So they don't exactly behave as real life players. You have a three-man midfield versus technically two center mids. So it's more or less impossible to press someone who can keep the ball well between the three center mids. And in case you don't have the the passing lanes open or the the options in the middle, uh, one of the main things in the 4-3-2-1 is having your left back. This is why Captavia is also this good. uh, On balanced or uh, get forward so that you always have the width to be able to spread it out to Captivia and either run down the line or reset if needs be. So I think it's, for me personally, it's impossible to defend without making necessary sacrifices in terms of like going a five at the back, which you don't necessarily want to, or a four, five, one, or something of the sort. So it's a case of matching it and just hope you're better. That's depressing. It is. I mean it's my point of view. I don't um a lot of people may not be may not um agree with it. I do feel generally at pro level that's the consensus. That's what I've seen from the past weekend of uh, competition. I think every single one of my opponents bar one and we're talking nine of them has played four three two one, myself included, so ten from this very small sample. Uh so make of that. Uh, what you will
0: make of that what you will who what do you make of Ivan's assessment there
1: I mean it makes sense I think Um, unfortunately the way the game behaves in a natural state is that defenders naturally will just drop back over time like even if you have you know press after possession loss 100 depth if the opponent is keeping the ball in your half all of your players are going to be behind the ball and that's just kind of what happens so because of that I think it's if you're really just focused on results, it's better to just accept it and play into it, and not try to tell your team to push up when they're not going to do it anyway. Obviously, in certain situations, you want to, but um, you know, for if we're, if we're just talking about the best way to secure a result, then you kind of just have to live with it and play up to it. Obviously, there are different variations you can do after you lose the ball in the opponent's half, or the way you attack on the counter. Or, you know, the passing combinations you can do with different tactics, but, you know, it's kind of, you know, been this way for a while in FIFA that, you know, over time your defense drops back. And if you don't want to have to deal with a dropped back defense on the other end, then your best response is to counter quickly. So then it kind of just turns into like a counter fest. So it's tricky, but the best you can do is really just try to, you know, work on triggering manual runs. um, So you can get kind of more creative um, movement in attack. Um, work on player locks so that you can you know position players where they you know are open to receive the ball improve at crosses things like that that don't rely on you just winning the ball back and then spamming through balls
0: i feel like for the average fifa player when you start to play against these meta tactics it becomes very like i, I suppose at the top level too it becomes very tedious to try to break them down and you don't want to play you know in a way that you're you're constantly on the counter i think if you're not playing on the counter though one of the things that people clearly like doing as working it out wide and then looking for a cutback. And Gary L asked the question. He says, can I ask the pod? What's the best way to defend those sweaty cutbacks? And he says he feels like people are either going for two options. One, it's cutting it straight past the keeper, kind of driven across the six yard box with a keeper just keeps his feet planted and watches it go right under his nose or the cut back straight to the penalty spot. And it feels like your defensive players don't necessarily track either of those ones particularly well. I think for me, you know, personally, those are the goals that you're looking for in real life. Often work it out wide, cut it back. It's hard for defenders to track those runs realistically, but if you're trying to defend those in FIFA, Ivan, what's the best way to do it?
4: Well, the obvious thing is, to start with, to avoid allowing your opponent down the line as much. I think this FIFA and last FIFA, uh, the main way to break people down is run down the line, pin their team inside the box, uh, as we as we just mentioned, because the defense drop drops deep. And if you can't and your opponent eventually breaks through down the line and ha- has a cutback, I think the best way or the best chance you can give yourself to defend it would be to take your center back the the closer center back you have to 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 the wing play uh and manually cover the pass and in the same at the same time second man press with your fullback so the fullback kind of applies pressure closes down some of the movement the ball carrier has and in the meantime you are closing down the passing lane and once you feel there is no more passing option, then you can L1 switch to your fullback and take the ball manually. I think that's the ideal scenario and the one you should maybe master to give your best chance at defending it. Although it's obviously not consistent because of the movement the attackers have in the box, always opening up the assistance of the driven pass or the regular pass. But that's the best chance you can give yourself. Who? Anything to add there?
0: Yeah.
1: There's a couple things. I think that, um, for one, I think if you double tap the bring keeper out button, it kind of tells them to cover like the cross, um, which can kind of work for the cut across as well. You can also just, you know, use the keeper movement like you would do, um, say when you're defending a corner, um, you can move them across if you need to, but overall, as Ivan said, you really just want to keep that pass cut off. So whether that's manually or the second man press, you know, you can't, manually cover both passes. um, So the best you can do is close down the ball so that they have no angle to play it in the first place um, and then just try to get them to turn back.
0: Yeah, I have absolutely nothing to add uh, for either of you guys. I think that's a a pretty great breakdown. Uh, We do have a lot of listener questions, so we'll keep rolling there for right now. Uh, Make Ballet says, any tips on simply clearing the ball? Uh, also any tips on winning headers after clearing it long. I think when it, he says, when I try to kick it long with the keeper to clear the ball, it just comes right back to me. Ha ha. You know, it, clearing it long is pretty straightforward. If you're charging up a, a lobbed pass, um, sometimes you can try to play over the top through balls out wide and get a player on the run. If you're using smaller strikers, I'd consider doing that. But if you're, if you're trying to play a clearance and you know, you've got Ben Yedder up front, yeah, it's, Probably not surprising that it's coming back to you. Ivan, in the pro scene, when somebody's you know laying on the pressure towards the end of the match and you've got to clear it long, what is the best way to make sure that the ball is coming, not coming right back in your face?
4: I mean, that's a, a whole different question because you just mentioned pressure. <laughs> and uh, against pressure, uh, I don't really have a consistent answer for you uh, because I think I mean, as you've already discussed, pressure is is a whole different topic, right? It's uh, very, very difficult to play against. But in terms of uh, clearing the ball up the pitch and not have it come back to you, I mean, obviously, it depends on the players you're using. But in theory, let's say you have a, a Cristiano Ronaldo, which is at this point of the game uh, affordable because of the market. Uh, you are looking to aim in his general direction so that he gets locked onto the to the ball and wins the header. The headers are also now assisted. They're not manual anymore after one of the recent patches. So you should have no trouble winning the header with a player like Cristiano and then having a a successful pass uh, if you're playing, obviously, not against constant pressure. And part of that question was uh, tips on clearing the ball. Uh, I think one controller setting that is very important for this is... um, I think it's called directional clearance or just it has some sort of clearance in the wording of the setting. And you have two options, whether it's uh, directional or classic. Uh, With directional being if you press circle to clear the ball, as you have that mechanic in every FIFA, it clears it in the direction you request with your analog stick. And the classic is you press circle and the game decides where to clear it. I'm personally a fan of more manual inputs. So I suggest using the directional clearance if that's part of the question and part of the issue. Because if you're under pressure in the box and you want to clear it out, you can clear it diagonally towards the throw-in line and kind of forwards away from goal. Whereas if the AI decides to do it, they can clear it out for a corner and you have uh, trouble once again. So I think those are the two main things. Clear it up the pitch uh, towards uh, tall players and have the directional clearance so that you have more control over where you want to clear in the ball.
0: Yeah, I think that's a, it's a great answer. And the, the topic of pressure, I think, is a worthwhile one always to discuss because it seems like people flip the switch late game if they're behind. And oftentimes they don't just score one goal, they score two when leaving that pressure on. Um, who have you found any consistent ways to play out of the pressure or to beat the pressure tactics on this new patch.
1: Yeah, it's pretty tricky. Um, I think that, you know, as we've said before, going back to the keeper to make them manually press up and playing it to the open man is probably the easiest way. Um, Definitely manually triggering runs um, and, or doing player locks just to get movement and get players open. Even if you don't play the ball, it might, you know, create a space somewhere else that you can dribble into or someone else can move into. But really just overall, just don't panic and just like try to take off sprinting because you're probably just going to get pressed and lose the ball. You know, take a couple touches, look at your options and then play it to someone else and then, you know, do a pass and move, things like that. Um, But I I always see people that'll just try to start sprinting through the pressure, run into a wall of players. Um, You know, really all you need to do is be patient enough to make one man miss on a tackle. And then you're pretty much through because Someone else then has to step up to you and you can play it to the open player.
0: Ivan, anything to add on beating pressure?
4: You ask consistently, and I do not have an answer to this. Uh, In the recent (laughs) competition on the weekend, I lost a four-goal lead inside of 20 minutes because of constant pressure. Ended up winning the game in the last minute. Lost a two-goal lead inside of 10 minutes to then lose on pens. Uh, came back once on constant pressure being two goals down so it's as you said a a flip of a switch I don't think the recent patch has has done much to change that issue if anything in my personal opinion and I know of other uh, pro players it if anything it has helped time wasters uh towards the end of the game or people that decide to time waste from the 60th minute onwards or or early on compared to just fixing the pressure issue in general. On that note, I think there is a very good mechanic that not a lot of players use. And if mastered and perfected, it's a very, very good replacement for constant press. Uh, It is the new double tap R1 for people who use that as second man press. Uh, It's the partial team press where you see two blue triangles over two of your players that mark the smartest available passing lanes according to the AI. And I think that is very effective because it doesn't drain your stamina as much. It's not not as effective as constant pressure, but it's manual in a way, right? You decide when to use it. And it's a very good replacement if EA decide to fix or remove or nerf, or however you want to put it, constant pressure and i think it's something people should focus on more. Oh yeah,
0: i i love the idea of that tactic, but i am extremely guilty of accidentally using that tactic uh when i'm trying to call a second man press. What is if you are trying to learn how to use it, when are when have you found the best times to use it?
4: On the wings, not in the middle of the pitch because you don't know what the ai will decide is a smart passing lane and it will very likely move a lot of your players out of position which you don't necessarily want whereas on the wing let's say they have the ball with the left back they realistically only have three passing options the winger the center mid and the center back so if you cover one of those three with your player um, the AI will cover the other two and it's important to know that it's kind of counterintuitive because second man press runs towards the player whereas this Partial team press never runs towards the ball carrier. It always runs towards the passing option. So you have to manually press. So you're kind of manually pressing and then two passing lanes are cut. So if you're good enough with that mechanic, you can take the ball off your opponent. If your opponent is good enough in keeping the ball, they can avoid it. So I think it looks to be a balanced mechanic, but it's not developed enough yet to to know if it's overpowered or underpowered.
0: Mm, Yeah, probably a little bit of a a tricky one, but uh, for me, it's something that I I think I'm going to consciously have to try to work on. We do have some more listener questions that I want to get to here. Parker W. Maz says, well, he's got a couple here, but we're going to pick this one out. What are some tips for creating chances from possession? I'm dominating the ball, but consistently getting outshot midfield dribbling slash control tips would also be huge. So who?" It sounds like he is a dirty little possession rat. I'm kidding, Parker. Don't take offense to that. But it sounds like he is trying to work the ball up, probably on slow buildup, allowing his opponent's back line in midfield to probably get set and then unable to find that last killer pass. So what are some some tips for creating chances in that scenario?
1: Yeah, I think definitely try to get it at least into somewhat of a threatening area quicker, even if you're not like spamming through balls and then like taking shots, at least getting it like into like the wing areas or near the edge of the box and waiting for the defense to step out to cover you and then playing around it. Obviously, if you are just passing it around, like the defense and the midfield, then like they don't really need to do anything to cover that. Um, They can just kind of wait for you to come forward. Um, So trying to get into threatening areas, maybe you get to the byline and they try to go to cut off the cutback. Then you turn back and play to someone else and they're just, it kind of leaves some scrambling and pulling defenders out of position. And if you do that enough, then usually a pretty wide gap will open up. But I think, you know, if you're not going fast, then you really need to be patient. You can't be like in the middle, um, because if you're in the middle, you give enough time for the defense to get set, but then you don't, you know, stay patient enough to figure out the gaps. So if you're going to play slow, then you really need to be patient and wait for those gaps to open.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's certainly fair. I think you're if you're playing that style and you're good at dominating possession but having a hard time creating chances. I know personally for me, make sure you have two strikers at least in those situations. May, maybe three if you're using the four three two one, where you can pa- make an incisive pass into the box to one of your strikers and then make a square pass directly across to your other. Oftentimes, if you're able to do that, you're going to be able to you know, shuffle, whether it's with an R1 or just a simple turn and get a shot away. It it works pretty consistently, and it's not crazy difficult to get in the habit of. We have another question here from Harris1604, and I think this is something we can all relate to. And he says, do you have a plan for when you come up against someone who is clearly better than you technically? says, I find myself in a bit of limbo sometimes. Either beat people quite easily and they rage quit. And then when the ELO of Weekend League reaches plus 9 or 10, it flips and I become the person who is beaten quite easily. I don't feel like there's a happy medium at the moment. Ivan, when you're coming up against someone in the pro scene who is call it a very very top rated pro that maybe is is expected to beat you or if you're coaching someone and they're coming up against players that are you know expected to to beat the player that you're coaching how do you go about constructing a game plan or what's the game plan if it becomes all of a sudden very very clear that you're outmatched
4: (laughs) it depends what you're looking for because i'm obviously
0: yeah obviously never never the case for you but in in general Um, if you're, you know, I guess more from a casual perspective, you come into a match and your opponent starts playing it around and creates a couple very easy chances against your defense. And you kind of go, Oh, damn, this is, yeah, damn, this is not going to, this is not going to go well for me when that happens. What's the move?
4: Well, no, you, you obviously have that also at pro level. I think you have a few competitors that are, I think, miles above the rest, especially some of them technically and mechanically. So even at pro level, you have this. So I'm of the personal opinion that if you're in in it for the long run, quote unquote, and you don't want to get the one-off win in, let's say, in weekend league in, in the case of, uh, of Harris, but you are ready to sacrifice a couple of, or a few games, a few losses, a few weekend leagues in order to improve in the long run and be able to, to match these opponents better, I think it's a tactic that pays off is to go to head to head with those players to try to meet them at their level and try to improve rather than try to kind of park the bus break down their play and hope to get the better of them. I think this might work in the short run, but in the long run, it's not really going to be as effective and as fun. I think uh, aiming to to improve. And play the way they're playing. How are are they better technically? What are they doing? Are they R1 dribbling? Are they doing skill moves? Are they running down the wing and doing cutbacks? Everything that they're kind of doing and they're better than you. uh, It's always nice if you have the time and you have the, the passion to kind of record the game or record the goals you're conceding. And look back at them and be like, okay, what did my opponent do? And what did I do wrong to not defend it? And so next weekend league or next time you play someone even inferior than you you try what your opponent just did and if it works out great you've mastered that if it doesn't work out why not and it's kind of like everything in in let's say in football in this case you you have to to know what works you have to watch your game back and know where and when to improve
0: yeah i think i think it's great advice to you know have a focus on the long run you don't end up getting as you know, razzled or rattled, excuse me, in the short term. But, you know, who for you, you know, you're on 19 and 1. You come up and you're trying to get that 20 and 0, right? Or you're, I don't know, maybe maybe you're 18 and 1, right? It's the difference between like a rank 1, rank 2. And you come up against a pro, like a, a pro pro player. And you're like, I need to get a result out of this to get the the rewards at the next level up. What are you doing in those situations to try to just grind out a result?
1: yeah, it's it's definitely tricky. You have to be <clears throat> you have to be patient but not, you know, again, playing really slow or playing so unlike yourself that you're not really sure what to do. You know you have to stay in your groove with the the way that you play the game. but i I definitely try to mix up the tactics. You know, have a few different tactics ready in your custom tactics so you can switch to based on what they're doing and preferably at least one thing. That's not like very common. Like if all of your tactics are four, four, two, four, two, three, one, four, triple two, it's like every pro knows how to play against and beat those tactics and formations. But if you feel like you're not the better player and you're probably going to lose, you might as well try something different. So maybe it's a different narrow formation. Maybe it's, you know, three, five, two, maybe it's, you know, four, two, four, I don't know, you know, things like that, that you can change it up and not just be playing like everyone else does because pros know how to beat those types of players in their sleep. You know, they can walk to 20 and 0 playing against four, triple two. So having something you're comfortable with that isn't like the most common tactic out there, even if it's not how you always play, but just something you know how to use and you can switch to when needed I think it'd be really helpful um, to, you know, kind of show a different look than they're used to.
0: Yeah, I know. I've I've certainly had some success against pros in previous FIFAs playing my, uh, I don't know, like untraditional formations where it takes them a while to like realize what's going on because I think at the top level, a lot of it becomes muscle memory and the reactions are so quick that you're not actually thinking anymore about breaking your opponents down. You're just reacting and oftentimes the spaces aren't the same the passes aren't the same and you have to kind of figure out what a or you know the pros have to figure out what a plan b is and they're used to scrimming against pros all day and that's maybe not the case um as we're getting a little closer to wrapping up here Ivan if you were giving advice to you know you you just gave a great piece of advice about matching, trying to match and like have a, a focus on the long run for how to improve and incorporate some of those attacking buildups or tactics into, you know, your game. If somebody's trying to go from a, you know, call it like a rank five in weekend league and, and creep up to get closer into that, like rank one, rank two, rank three, what advice would you give them on how best to improve at FIFA 23?
4: It's a lot easier said than done. But I think what differentiates the the guys who want to be up there compared to the guys who are up there, and I'm not talking pro level, I'm talking like towards more of the casuals. Obviously, with the technical differences is not getting frustrated at and annoyed at the game as often and be able to control your your emotions. So whether that be you not getting angry after a deflected goal or whether after a loss, you have the mental fortitude to say, okay, I'm going to take a break. If I'm a bit annoyed, uh, I'm going to jump in my next game on a a clear head in half an hour, one hour. I think these are very, very important things that even at pro level is important, but especially in a weekend league, in a 20 game span, if you get annoyed, let's say you play on Saturday, Sunday, and if you get in... In some rough patches of a couple of losses and you get annoyed and you jump straight back into games, that's what two, three, four games a weekend that you potentially lose because you're you're affected by, by what's happened previously. So I think controlling your your emotions and your anger because it's inevitable when you when you play FIFA, I think that's a very key thing. And then obviously knowing the uh, the, the, the basis of, of what works in FIFA 23 by watching, I would say pro tutorials. On on YouTube. Yeah. I as
0: someone who has stayed away from watching too much YouTube, occasionally I come up in you know against someone in a match and I'm like, WTF is this dude doing? And very aware that it's a mechanic or something's been released, or I play the exact same formation variant a couple times and you gotta go scour the content world and try to find something that clearly has given people a a hint on what they should be using or mechanic that they should be using. And then you can figure out how you want to kind of counteract that, you know, knowledge is power, I guess, is the expression. Who coming off your first 20 and 0, what advice might you give to the listeners for, you know, because I think this was your first 20 this year, right?
1: Uh, First 20. I've had rank one with
0: 19 and one, but yeah. Yeah, but your first twenty. So beyond subscribing to my uh, weekly FIFA newsletter, so you can get fresh tactics that are twenty and 0 tactics. What advice would you give? Or, or, I guess what changed for you in terms of you know your. I guess the difference between a 19-1 and and a 20-0, and was it just the pack luck and improvement on the team? Or do you feel like you've gotten really, really comfortable with an aspect of the game?
1: Yeah, I mean, the pack luck certainly helps, of course. But kind of as a side effect of this patch, I think the fact that I can still apply pressure without doing press after possession loss or as high of depth, I think, has made my backline more secure. So even though it might not be the way I really want to play if all things were equal Um, in terms of, you know, not being able to press quite as high or be quite as proactive defensively definitely has made me more secure defensively while still being able to apply some pressure further up. Um, So I think just, you know, kind of having that added bit of balance probably made the difference.
0: Wonderful. Uh, Well, I want to thank both of you guys for joining me on this pod. Ivan, if people want to learn more about the about you and about the pro scene and about your gameplay, where can people find you?
4: On Twitter as Dr. Nightwatch and also on Twitch where I'll be streaming some Elite Division Rivals gameplay aiming to qualify versus the best of the best. I love that. When do you normally stream? It's pretty much on and off, but now around the World Cup especially. Uh, so between games and after the World Cup, mostly will aim to be consistent but on twitter follow when when i'm live
0: wonderful and who where can people catch you,
4: you can catch me
1: uh on twitter bear h00bear i'm also in the discord um not posting a whole lot on like twitter or anything but have been also writing some uh tactic reviews on the foot.gg website so you can check those out there as well
0: wonderful uh definitely a worthwhile check out my name is of course japes you can uh, catch me on twitter at @airjapes. check out my weekly newsletter that comes out wednesdays usually just before content uh, p2p snacks our regular host ben will be back next week we wish him a speedy recovery and we will catch you all next time
3: thank you as always to you listeners for joining us for this podcast and if you'd like to subscribe and get these podcasts into your podcast feed then you can do that on apple podcast spotify or wherever you get your podcast from and if you're listening on youtube do subscribe leave a like and a comment the pod is newer to youtube and it helps the algorithm a lot right thank you very much to all those supporters as well as always keeping the podcast going if you'd like to do so follow the link in the description or search support for weekly a huge thank you to all of them and to those icon patrons dave b hugh j coach fast dj fifa player alan g alistair Anthony R, Dominic P, Rob P, Jeff B, Stephen F, Tom B, Damon H, David S, Nick Jack M, Eric T, Neil P, Adam G, Elliot M, Dan W, At Pace of a Tortoise, Roger D, Jake G, Springford, Nishant, Harry P, Alex M, Lee A, Brendan W, Andrew C, Joe W, Timothy J, Dylan, Adam R, Sam K, Graham W, Andy, Adds, H2K, and Brian V. Plus a special thanks to Luke M, Dave B, Hugh J, Tom M, Darren W, and Pato Foot for advice and production assistance. Before I leave you, just one more thing to add, though. FIFA's a bit like life, really. It has its many ups and its many downs. If you're having a few more downs than ups in real life in these more difficult times, then please don't feel that you're alone or need to struggle on without taking action. If you go to the calmzone.net there's loads of resources advice support or even just a friendly chat for anyone who needs it if it sounds like it could help you then head over to the and for now have a good one and I'll catch you on the next podcast